On this episode of Infinity Sports, we're going to discuss who is more responsible for the Patriots dynasty, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. Coming up right after the intro. to infinity sports i'm wayne g i am joined by nick paquin from ad hominem a uh, political podcast i don't know if do you consider it a political podcast i would say contemporary issues politics uh contemporary issues a lot of politics but also you know current events type stuff so yeah call it what you want it's kind of defunct at this point unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is a big sports fan we've debated a lot this is kind of a topic that's similar to a debate we had recently um, not exactly, but similar. And I'm sure some of the statistics will rear their head again. But before we get into that, obviously, please like and subscribe at the bottom of the screen here or below the screen. It helps the show out tremendously. Not only that, but it's going to make us easier to find for you. It's going to put you first in line for the newest content when it comes out. And if you prefer to listen to the podcast, please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. We can be found there. You can stream us, download us, listen to us while you're driving to work. You can find us on social media at Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, at Infinity Sports Podcast on Instagram, and at Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. The question of the day when I presented this one to Nick is, who is more responsible for the Patriots dynasty, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Obviously, they've had quite the run, uh, 10 Super Bowls or 9 Super Bowls, whatever it is. My take on it, I think, is a little boring. So I'd love to hear your take on the responsibility. I think I know what your take is. Um, yeah, so, so my take is is this. It's simple, uh, very straightforward. I think that, um, look, I give Brady his, his due, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to do it in a public forum. I give Brady his due. I think that he's probably the best game manager in the history of the league. That's all he's ever had to be. And I think he has Belichick to thank for a lot of that. Um, but at the end of the day, Tom Brady has played with, as you know, Wayne, a career average defense of what, what did we say? My, my stat was seven, but it's really 6.6, right? 6.6, like, yeah. Yeah. His career average defense is 6.6. I mean, you give a lot of guys a defense like that for 15 years, let alone 20, they're probably going to do some pretty incredible things in my opinion. No, I would agree um, with that. And, and I think that we agreed on the fact that the defense is great. And, and I made the case, I think, that you know teams just have great defenses when they go to the Super Bowl. I know you mentioned that his is year-in, year-out great because of the average of 6.6. I brought up Joe Montana because he's usually the one that's compared to Tom yeah. Brady uh, as the greatest because he had four Super Bowls. And his average defense was third. Um, so his defense was insane. And, and similar to Belichick and Brady. I mean, Montana and Walsh were the best coach and the best quarterback until Brady and Belichick kind of went on their run. My take on it was, and like I said, it's very boring, is that it's 50-50. It's a symbiotic relationship. One can't do it without the other. 
uh, well, Tom Brady's done it without the other, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. But, yeah, but, I, I, Tampa, but yeah. But to your point, like you said, if you give a quarterback a defense like that, and I would say yes, but you give Bill Belichick, like you, said, you give Bill Belichick a quarterback like Tom Brady, a top five quarterback of all time statistically. And we talked about their average defensive ranking. We also have to mention that Tom Brady's average offensive rating is better than any quarterback in the top five um, in terms of the offense that he runs. So you give Bill Belichick a quarterback like that, he's going to go to nine Super Bowls. So yes, I do think Aaron Rodgers could go to nine Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. I do think Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, those guys could as well. But again, that's kind of a testament to Tom as well and a knock on Bill, which is that Bill can't get there without a quarterback like that. Well, we well we don't know though, right? Like I, I think people are holding. This is my thing with the Patriots, and and I'm not by any stretch a Patriots fan, but I think Patriots fans are way too uh, on the fence all the time. Um, people were really hard on Belichick. Like, l- let's make no mistake about it. They lost more COVID opt-outs, two key offensive linemen, three key blockers if you include the fullback Vital, who's obviously a great run blocking and pass blocking fullback, probably one of the better in the league, considering that's a position that barely exists. Um, they lost two, who was it? Cannon opted out and uh, Jones, I think on the, on the offensive line. So they were left with a young group with not much veteran leadership on that offensive line. And then combined with that, they lost their defensive captain and their assistant captain on defense, Chung and Hightower. And they were still a top 15 defense, right? I think this year they, they they took a flyer out. They knew they had the cap restrictions. They took a flyer out on Cam Newton thinking, like, look, we don't have any skill players at this point. We don't have any skill guys to to work out around. I mean, we have two decent young running backs, but they're not going to be catching balls out of the backfield. They're not Deion Lewis or James White, right? They're not those guys. They're more downhill runners, if you will. I just think that people are too quick to be like, well, look what Brady's done in Tampa. Well, what Brady's done in Tampa is – historically his track record he's got a top seven defense I mean we talked about you and I talked about some of the playoff numbers I mean Tom Brady averages 2.68 forced turnovers from his defense per playoff win this this season with Tampa Bay they forced eight turnovers in three games that averages out to 2.67 almost his career average I don't think that that's I don't think that's happenstance right like I think that that's statistical relevance it coincides with his career so that's what i say when brady brought new england to tampa i mean he kind of did that defense came out of nowhere they're a turnover machine um i mean let's face it he has four all pro receivers mm-hmm. I, I think I, I don't know i mean if you give belichick tampa bay with tom brady you know or, or without Tom Brady, insert another quarterback, Philip Rivers or something. Do, do you think that maybe they can get to the Super Bowl? No, not with uh, Philip Rivers. I mean, I think so. I, yeah. I, I think, I think my whole take on Tom Brady is, again, game manager because that's all he's had to do. That's the only thing he's ever been tasked with doing. Like, don't screw this up. Don't turn the ball over. Do your job. Tom Brady, I would say, is almost the embodiment of that mentality, which was passed down from Belichick because Belichick was always like, I'm going to give you a defense that smash mouth that gets you the ball back, that gets you the ball back in good positions and you just can't turn it over. And that's why you see the Patriots never won a Super Bowl without being a top four team in yak. Cause they, I, would say, I would say when in Tom Brady's style, obviously he doesn't have a big arm. He's not going to throw the ball 30 yards, 40 yards downfield. That's not what he does. 
we compared him. We had the discussion about Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees right. is a, it's a dink and dunk passer, game manager. You know, he throws he for five thousand yards a season because he throws for forty attempts a game, and Brady didn't. He's a, he has a run first offense behind him. Yeah, I think. See, I think that that's doing a disservice. I mean, flat out, no, no, no questions asked. And I'll pull up the numbers here in a minute, but Drew Brees had the best ten year stretch of any quarterback in history. Period. I mean, in his career, he had the best 10-year statistical stretch. I mean, this is a guy who's thrown for 5,000 yards five times. That streak broke only because he threw for 4,900 one season, right? He threw for three straight years where he had over 5,000 yards and then had the 4,900 and then threw for 5,000 yards two more times. I mean, like, we're not – we're probably – I mean, I don't know now with like the 17 game set schedule, I think it's more realistic that you'll start seeing crazy QB numbers, right? Um, but to me, Drew Brees wasn't always a dink and dunk passer, right? I mean, this is kind of deviating away from, I think, your original question or the original topic, but sure. I, I, I think we almost have to because my argument is if you give Belichick a capable quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over. Like, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers, who's like probably the most efficient quarterback ever, right? Like statistically, like, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers, that level of efficiency, that arm, that talent with a bunch of skilled players around him and an elite defense every season? Like, I I mean, I don't think that they would have gone a 10 year stretch of losing a Super Bowl. I'll tell you that. Well, I, I don't like to play the if game, I, I right. call it. You know, and, right. and so because I could say, well, what if you put Marina Marino in San Francisco with that defense and with Jerry Rice and John Taylor right. and I mean, you know, so I don't I don't want to say what if, but I, I do think that, you know, looking at what is, which is Bill Belichick with Tom Brady is two hundred and forty nine and seventy five in New England, seventy seven percent winning percentage. In New England alone, I'm not counting Cleveland, but in New yeah. England alone without Brady, he's twenty four and twenty seven. Um, so, I mean, he just can't win. He's got a losing record without Tom Brady. That's Drew, that's Drew Bledsoe, uh, Matt Castle and, um, Cam Newton, obviously. So Drew Bledsoe is a hall of fame quarterback. I mean, I think he's in the hall of fame now. And, you know, he went five and 11 with Belichick, which the very same team the following year won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Yeah. But do you think that that's, I, I mean, I remember those, I remember vaguely those, those Drew Bledsoe years and, I mean, Drew Bledsoe was more at like the tail end of his career anyway. He was also coming back from, you know, he also got hurt, which led to Brady's ascension, right, into the role. And at that point, Brady was a game. Like no one throughout the first three Super Bowls ever considered Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Yeah. Like everyone thought of the Patriots are grinded out, do your job. They're just such a solid, well-rounded team. It wasn't until that Randy Moss year where people where, where Brady had crazy stats, but it's like ask Randall Cunningham or Dante Culpepper about Randy Moss, right? I mean, like he's going to turn even a mediocre quarterback into an all-pro quarterback. So, yeah, Brady had his career year with Moss, but Moss also had a career year that same exact season, right, where they worked together. And then, like, I think that that's slowly where the conversation started creeping in. Even though they lost the Super Bowl that year, which I always like to know, Best Patriots team probably ever lost the Super Bowl to the Giants. Um, they, I, I don't know. I think they were part of a 10-year stretch where they didn't win anything. Tom Brady has had more top 10 defenses that he's done nothing with than Rodgers, Breeze, and Manning have had combined in their careers. I think that there's something to be said about that. Uh, well, you say did nothing with, but all I did was go to 10 consecutive AFC Championship games or something like that. 
Well, when I say did nothing, I mean, what do you get for an AFC championship game? If you well, don't win the Super Bowl, as, as, as when, when you're talking greatest of all time, I think if if you're not talking Super Bowl, I mean, what's the point? Because I mean, Dan Marino got the AFC championship games too, right? Like, but no one no one brings that up. I get what you're saying. It's not like they were not productive, right? But I don't think that the aforementioned three guys with the top ten, and again, this is an if. I don't think that if you gave them a top. 10 or in this case a top seven defense for 10 years that they're going to go any 10-year stretch without a Super Bowl I just I just don't I mean none of them have I mean Aaron Rodgers had a top 10 defense he won a Super Bowl Drew Brees had a top 10 defense he won a Super Bowl Peyton Manning had two top 10 defenses at you know he had seven in his career but he had two top 10 defenses two out of those seven times he won a Super Bowl I just and that was the only, I also say it only gets you so far because I'd say this I'd say, what would you say Aaron Rodgers would do with uh, a top, no, let's say the number one rated defense in, in the NFL. And you could say, well, I think he would, you know, get to the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe his team goes 18 to no. Maybe he shatters all kinds of passing records. Yeah. And then loses to Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just inevitable. Everyone's going to lose to Eli. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fluke. I mean, I don't want to hold yeah. the loss against the, like, oh, well, Tom Brady, you know, they lost those two Super Bowls. Well, that wouldn't have happened with these. It might have happened with those quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady did everything he could have done in those games, except for leave time on the clock. You know, yeah. and Eli Manning went out and what? I mean, props to Eli Manning. I think he gets in the Hall of Fame just because of those two Super Bowls. Yeah, I just think I look at the level of like Tom Brady, and, and here's the thing too. And I had somebody bring this up. I think it was like during a Facebook uh, back and forth with somebody else, and they brought up the fact that like the Q, quarterback is the most like it's the most. I, I forgot the terminology they used. I think they said that the quarterback is the most influential position. And a lot of people wouldn't disagree with that, but I do. I think that defense wins championships. And I think that that's going to be a trend that is that lasts forever, no matter what way the game goes. I think defense wins championships. And I think the quarterback, for sure, it is the most marketable position. It is the highest paid position. And it is usually by default, the team captain. I think if you go back to the Miami Dolphins of whatever it was, the late 70s, and you ask them, knowing what they know today, would you still draft Dan Marino? I think they'd say yes. Even though knowing what they know today, they'd get no Super Bowl. They'd still do it because of the marketability. When you think of the Miami Dolphins, you think of Dan Marino. And I think there's there's a component to that too. But at the end of the day, really good quarterbacks have not won Super Bowls. And average or even bad quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. Well, and like it's funny because you say that you disagree that the quarterback is the most influential position on the field. Which position on the defensive side is more influential than the quarterback? <sighs> Corner? I mean, you, you take Deion Sanders over Troy Aikman? It's so tough because you can't you, you can't pinpoint you can't pinpoint an individual decision. I mean, some people it's a different. There's different schools of thought, right? Well, on like the some, offense, can you pinpoint one player that? you know, has the most influence on the offense? I mean, I think that that depends too, right? Like what if you have a superstar stud running back? What if you're the Detroit Lions with Barry Sanders? Then right? You're, like you go one and done in the playoffs every year. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's true too. But those Detroit teams didn't have defense. Imagine if those Detroit teams had defense. I mean, I know that that again is playing like the what if, but, but I mean, let's face it. The Patriots most recent Super Bowl win was one on the back of, uh, probably the best defense in the league and an elite running uh, running game. Tom Brady was two touchdowns and three interceptions throughout the playoffs, the last Super Bowl that they played against the Rams in the worst Super Bowl anyone's ever seen. Yeah. The running game and defense got them there. 
I don't think that that – I mean, I think that that's possible when you have an elite defense. But somebody's got to be the face of the franchise, right? And it makes sense that it's the quarterback. I get that, but I don't agree with it. Well, what I'm saying, though, is that on the offense, generally your quarterback has the most influence, even on the Detroit team with Barry Sanders, because he's got to call the plays to hand the ball to Barry Sanders, you know, uh, or, or make the audibles at the line. I mean, he's the one that reads the defense and tells, you know, where the Mike linebacker is, you know, so that the, the offensive yeah. line knows where to block. I mean, he he has the most influence. Nobody on the defense. I mean, the middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. And yet, you know, Ray Lewis has less influence, I think, than Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Does Lawrence Taylor have less influence than Phil Sims? Right. Like, yes. I, I mean, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I buy that argument because at the end of the day, we don't know who's making the play calls in every, in every instance. We don't. I mean, sometimes the offensive coordinator is the sole proprietor of crafting and, and calling the plays. I've not explicitly heard that Brady calls his plays. I've heard that he's calls called audible his own audibles, which makes sense. Most quarterbacks do, but I don't know for a fact that he's gone out there and called his own plays. I mean, Peyton Manning was the script. Drew Brees was the script. You know what I mean? Like Aaron Rodgers, I I, I mean, I, I can't confirm this, but I can only imagine he is the script. It's why they have elite running backs that they never hand the ball to because Drew because Aaron Rodgers wants to throw it. Well, let me ask you this. So because this is where I'm going to go with the influence, all right? And I'm going to give you two hypothetical situations, and I'm going to ask for a, a scale of 1 to 10 that a team wins the game, right? So, you know, 0 or 1, they, they don't win it. They completely lose. 10, they absolutely win, right? Okay. Your starting linebacker gets seven sacks and two interceptions, but your quarterback throws four picks on a scale of 1 to 10. What's the chances you're going to win that game? Are we talking current NFL or previous what? Doesn't matter. Current, current NFL quarterback throws four interceptions. Your defensive player gets seven sacks and two interceptions. Um, what is the, the on a scale of one to ten? What is the likelihood that your team will win that game? I'm going. I'm I'm probably going eight because you're basically describing the situation against Green Bay that Tampa just won. I mean, Brady threw three picks. Uh, Devin White had what three sacks and only one interception, and they ended up winning. And they ended up winning that game. So I I, I think I, I mean. I, I get where the, you're going. But on the flip side, right, obviously I'm going to say your quarterback throws four touchdowns and no interceptions and your star defensive player gets zero tackles and zero sacks. What are the chances you're going to win that game? Yeah, I mean, probably pretty probably pretty low, but again, it depends on the flow of the game, I guess, in that regard, right? Like, I mean, if you would have looked at – if I showed you Aaron Rodgers' stats against Tom Brady in that NFC Championship game and I asked you who you – if you had no idea what football was, who do you think won this game? I bet you a lot of people are not picking Tom Brady. Sure, maybe maybe not, you know, but that's what I'm saying is that both those guys are the guys that have the most influence in the game. Yeah, I mean – I think because you're not going to show me Aaron Rodgers stats and then show me Devin White stats and say so. But I think we're talking in general. I think we're I I think we're too focused on like general. Well, we're just saying the quarterback in general is the most influential player on the field. You said you disagree with that statement. Okay, in general, no, I don't disagree with that statement. In general, they're probably the most influential. Yeah, probably the most influential. But I don't think that that was the case in New England. I think Bill Belichick was the most influential person. And I also player on the field though. Like who's the most influential player on the field for New England? I mean, Rex Ryan said Tom Brady was Bill Belichick with a better arm. 
Well, I mean, Rex Ryan's not in coach, not even coaching anybody anymore. So I think he's <laughs> a assault. But I think it's a great line, obviously. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. He was but such I, a cerebral player. Yeah. Well, so the, this is the thing too. We're talking about like influence. Like, what does that really mean, right? Like, because I've already acknowledged that I think like Tom Brady's probably the greatest game manager of all time, and I think that he's he's that because that's all he's ever asked to to, to be. He was never asked like, look, you're going to have to go in every single every single week and have an absolute shootout with the opponent. You're going to have to play from behind because your defense is absolute garbage and you're going to have to turn some schlup wide receiver into some sort of like conversation, like, like, you know, what's his name? Devonte Adams in green Bay where like some people would say he's the best receiver in the game. I mean, like he's not, you take Aaron Rodgers away from green Bay or when Devonte Adams has been hurt all of a sudden Vontae Scanling looks like an all pro receiver all of a sudden, you know, Lazard looks like an all pro receiver. And I think you could say the same thing with Drew Brees. Like where was, I mean, Michael Thomas without Drew Brees, I'd be curious to see what he looks like. Cause what was Colston? What, you know, what happened to a guy like Colston? What happened to some of these guys? And I just like, I, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. Like, because Tom Brady's never had to be in those situations. Like he doesn't, he, that's not a norm for him, right? Like if Tom Brady goes to the lions and not to the, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he's in the Super Bowl, then I'm like, you know, holy shit, I was wrong, you know, dead wrong, probably. But I don't, I just, you, I don't know if you would say that because I think you would find, is it, well, you know, Detroit had the ninth ranked defense. So, I mean, well, if Detroit had the ninth ranked defense, <laughs> and in the Super Bowl, then I think that, yeah, I probably would do that. But let's be realistic, Detroit's terrible. <laughs> um, so, th- I mean, they wouldn't. I just, I think, Personally, I think that Bill Belichick is the architect for success in New England. I think that he, he he drew up the blueprint. He has all of the power in New England. That's obvious. And I think that he's done pretty damn well with it, quite frankly. And I think New England fans are too quick to dismiss that. Um, you know, I, I have a buddy down here who's a Carolina Panthers fan, so I'm sure you can understand his pain of never seeing your team win anything um, and only losing Super Bowls when they, when they can make it that far. But um, he sent me this, he sent me a meme and it was, you know, from the office. And it was like, it, it was basically saying that like Patriots fans rooting for Tom Brady instead of their own team is like the equivalent of when like Michael Scott was claiming the Jan's baby that she had with a sperm donor as his own kid. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what it's like. I mean, like Tom Brady hasn't really even been, I mean, up until recently, he hasn't even been positive in hindsight of his time in new England. And I'm sure that there was some friction between he and Belichick, but at the end of the day, like Brady's smart enough to know, and he's acknowledged now Belichick's the architect of his success. And I know that you say a lot of that is just Brady taking the humble pie and the humble approach and that kind of thing. But Brady also said like, look, you put Aaron Rodgers in this Patriots offense. He's known for 7,000 yards every year. Right. I, I think I think there's something to be said about that because I also think that, that that players who are the greatest of all time don't tend to talk like that. Michael Jordan doesn't talk like that. I know you don't think he's the greatest, but I'm just using this as an example. Wayne Gretzky doesn't talk like that. Floyd Mayweather doesn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. I just think that there's there's almost this aura when you reach that precipice of greatness, your mindset is not self, it, it, it's not, humility takes a back seat to what you've accomplished and you've earned that right. I think in general, yes, but on a case-by-case basis, there are some players who kick that trend. And I think Brady's one of those guys who kicks that trend that he just doesn't really care about all of the accolades and the personal pat me on the backs. I think he just wants to play football and win football games and you know yeah. he'll give everybody else the credit. And I think that 
it's very Belichick like because I think Belichick Belichick has a little bit more arrogance to him than Brady, but I also think that Belichick gives everybody else credit. You know, coaches that coached him when he was coming up, guys that he was a you know a special teams coordinator for, and he always finds people to like give praise to. And I think Brady does that as well. I mentioned to you when you brought that up, uh, Barry Sanders, you know, greatest running back of all time, never said a word, didn't trash talk on the field, nothing, just completely yeah. humble. They said if you were to talk to him today and say, "Hey, man, you know, you ran for ten thousand yards in five years, pretty much six years," you know, I mean, yeah. you're the great, you're the greatest. He'd be like, "No, and I'm not. That's that's not. It's just I had a good offensive line. He he wouldn't take the, the praise." Yeah, and, and that's fair too. But I think the people that look at like the, for me the. Brady's played longer than any other quarterback. So by default, in theory, his statistics should be better than a lot of quarterbacks. That's why I think what Drew Brees has done in his career is so impressive because he still has records over Tom Brady. And Brady's played longer. And also, Brees has played a long career, but he's also had a lot of injuries through that, through that career as well, way more than Tom Brady has. I think that people fail to realize that if you're going to follow that line of thinking as Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback, then I think it's only fair that you assert that same line of thinking for the greatest running back would be Emmitt Smith, right? I mean, he's won the most Super Bowls. He's got the most rushing touchdowns. He's got the most rushing yards. And I have a close friend of mine who's a huge Cowboys fan. He's a Cowboys fan because of Emmitt Smith. And he would never tell you Emmitt Smith is the greatest running back of all time. He would durability, accomplishments, all of that sort of thing would come into play. And I give Brady those props a hundred percent. I do but overall ability at the position. And I know you're a guy who can respect ability because you think Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. Well, uh, if we're going straight on ability, I think Bo Jackson's better than Barry Sanders. Well, ability and career, right? Yeah. Like the combination of both, right? Yeah. So, and Barry Sanders never won a Super Bowl. Right. But I think that a lot of people, I think that you could persuade me that Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. I don't feel that he is. Um, I think that if, I think, you probably have to give me Marshall Folk to be honest with you. I think Marshall Folk to me is like everything that you could do throughout a career. Marshall Folk did, but you could convince me of Barry Sanders. Oh, see, I would even think that Lydian Tomlinson over Marshall Falk because I think that he did what Marshall Falk did, but better. Right, right. And I, I put, I put LT and Marshall Falk sort of one A and one B. I guess it's tough, but that's the thing too. Is like there's so much emphasis on the greatest of all time, and this is like my biggest takeaway. And you and I have had this conversation. Um, greatest of all time at this, right? It, it's such a subjective point, right? Because there's no definitive measuring stick. There's no objective measurement. It's all subjective. And there's a lot of emotion attached, especially in New England, right? Like if I go on, I mean, North Carolina is full of transplants, but I talk to people about football all the time and sports and anybody that I know, and you get a handful of different answers to who's the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. But in New England, it's such a consolidated and in the media, especially it's such a consolidated like, oh, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's like got that nickname now. Right. Like they, they just refer to him as that. And I think that what it does is it denigrates what Bill Belichick has done to the Patriots organization. Right. And uh, like I said, and I have him 50 50 because I think that right. Bill is the architect. Bill is Bill dumpster dives better than anybody in the history of the game. I mean, Absolutely. just finds those seventh round picks undrafted. I mean, Malcolm Butler was undrafted. He became an, an all pro in his yeah. first team, all pro, you yeah. know, and then you look at you, you follow that up with, you know, uh, Stefan Gilmore, who, by the way, I hated that first year he was with the Patriots because yeah. he just was awful. And he's yep. turned into the best corner in the league. And then he goes out and he gets JC Jackson's another undrafted guy. He had the most interceptions in the league this year or second most. I mean, 
Yeah. He just has a way of finding guys that nobody else looks at. And, and so I do respect the, and of course, as a coach, I mean, I don't know anybody with a better eye for detail. I mean, he sees everything. He sees which fingers are down for every offensive lineman on the field. I mean, he knows everything. And I think he's the greatest coach of all time. I do think that if you were to give him Aaron Rodgers, I do think that he has similar success to what he had with Tom Brady. I'm not going to say better. I'll say similar because I think that they're <clears throat> similar quarterbacks. I do think that if you put Bill Belichick on another coaching or in charge of another franchise like Detroit, if you put Bill Belichick in Detroit, I do think that they go to five Super Bowls. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I'd agree with that. And, and I, I agree with the fact that – and look, Belichick's not a guy that I like. Like the whole spiking thing and all that and, 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 and the circus around all that sort of stuff. And, I mean, people forget too, like there's still that whole fishiness with the Patriots organization. A lot of things get swept under the rug. And a perfect example of that is – Six hours after the Cam Newton announcement was made, there was this small caveat of how the Patriots got a $2 million fine for that whole filming the Bengals thing. And no one talked about it. No one brought it up. They just got a massive fine. $2 million isn't cheap. I mean, they got, I mean, they were fined, what? Five, Belichick was fined 500000 for Spygate. So $2 million. I mean, they must have had some serious. And it just got, again, swept under the rug. That bugs me about Belichick. And it's why I have such a hard time acknowledging that he's the greatest coach, even though I know that that's the case. But he also, Look at the look at sort of where he crafted or, or or how he was crafted. I mean, to me, if it's not Belichick, it's probably Parcells, right? Like yeah. I I was a huge Parcells guy, always have been, um, and I think that Belichick takes that mindset that do your job and that team sort of like mentality. Nobody's bigger than the team. The same way Parcells did it throughout his career, and he brings it to any organization he's a part of. People talk about his time in Cleveland as a head coach. He took a three and thirteen team in Cleveland and turned them to eleven and five in two years. I mean, that's no easy feat. And Cleveland was a joke of a franchise then. People laugh about Cleveland now, but you talk about back then. God, I feel bad for Browns fans. Not anymore, but you think about Nick Saban as his defensive coordinator too. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I mean, maybe, yeah, you want to talk about dynasties? We'll talk about Nick Saban at Alabama, right? I mean, that's a dynasty keeps on giving. All right, so I think that, uh, like I said, I, I'm sticking with 50-50. You did mention to you something that stuck in my mind. You said that, you know, somebody could convince you that Barry Sanders is the best running back of all time. Um, could you be convinced that Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time? At this point, no. It's too late in the career. I think I think the caveats are, and, and this is like my biggest takeaway from it, people can point out a reason why Michael Jordan's not the biggest, the, the best basketball player ever. People could try to come up with a reason as to why Wayne Gretzky's not the greatest hockey player of all time. I don't know how you do that. All right, because Gretzky right, might be the most dominant athlete of any sport. Right, right, right. I don't know how you do it, but I'm sure that there's somebody out there, people out there that could that, that, that would try to come up with a reason, right? I think that same people could do the same for like Barry Bonds, obviously with steroids, or like Babe Ruth, or whatever it might be, time, whatever. But for Tom Brady, there's more than one avenue you can take. And, and that's my feeling on it. And I think that for somebody to just go around and definitively, definitively get that title, you can't have so many caveats in that conversation. I mean, you, you can't have so many ways that you can pick that apart. I mean, yeah, you can have some far-fetched stuff. Like to your point, those people out there were like Wayne Gretzky or even, even some of like the Jordan stuff I think is a little bit crazy. But like Tom Brady, there's so many avenues that you could go. He's just as close as not having six Super Bowls as he is having. I mean, Edelman makes a catch that he didn't even realize he caught the ball in Atlanta. That changes the game for them. You talk about the Malcolm Butler interception, a defensive play nonetheless. 
I mean, that was the worst play call in NFL history. I don't think anybody would debate, would debate that. I mean, they hadn't hit Marshawn Lynch in the backfield all game. They weren't going to do it at the one, at the half yard line on second down. It just wasn't going to happen. But in a way, it's almost like that's the Patriot. You know, the David Tyree thing was a fluke, and the Mario Manningham catch was a fluke. And so I think that the Malcolm Butler was a fluke in their favor. So they're still down, you know, two to one in fluke. Right. I mean, maybe. I, I just I. I to, I know that was a roundabout way of answering your question, but to me, we're beyond that point. I think for me, I put Brady behind those other three guys just strictly because of the luxuries that Brady has been afforded over those guys. And I think if you do more with less, you get a higher grade in my book. Um, and I think at the end of the day, Pat Mahomes is going to probably end up being better than all of the guys we're talking about in this conversation. So we'll see. He could be. And I had that conversation with Sully. We said, what does he have to do? to surpass Brady as the GOAT, because we both acknowledge that Brady's a GOAT. We said, what does he have to do to surpass Brady? And this is where it gets tricky, right? Because I mentioned Dan Marino, who I think is the best passer of all time, but not the best quarterback of all time. Because I think that Joe Montana, or at the time, before Brady, I thought Joe Montana was the best quarterback of all time, even though he played in the same era as Marino, but Marino was a better passer than he was. And so then it's like, what is really a quarterback then? If Marino's a better passer, why is he not the better quarterback? I'm like, well, because Montana's got four Super Bowls. You know, he's made it to the big game four times. He's won all four times. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it gets tricky too, right? Because Aaron Rodgers, I think, is a better passer than Brady. Aaron Rodgers might be the best passer of all time over Marino even. His, his yeah. arm talent's ridiculous. Yeah. And he makes no mistakes. Like you said, he, he averages like 0.3 interceptions per game. That means one right. out of every four games he throws an interception. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. But he's not a better quarterback than Brady to me. Because Brady's got, he's about to have seven Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's where it's, and, and and I think that that's where, like, for me, that's where the caveat is because I just think about it like Aaron Rodgers is doing it with a with a defense that's a career average rank at this point now. I think of like nineteen or twenty. I mean, <laughs> that's tough, man. When you're constantly knowing that you go in week in week out and you got to put up thirty points at least to win a game. That's tough. And people knock his division too. But at the end of the day, like what are the Chicago bears known for defense and the Vikings aren't always terrible. I, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, there are, a, I will concede that there's a lot of, and I already said game manager, Brady's the best at it. But as far as like overall quarterback no. I mean, I can't put Brady above. I mean, Peyton Manning won five MVPs, five MVPs. That's insane. I mean, that's insane. That's, that's something that, I mean, Mahomes could do it. <laughs> I mean, Mahomes could do it. And there's again, MVPs are just a piece to the puzzle, but not the puzzle itself. You know, I mean, right. Barry, Barry Bonds won seven MVPs. Um, I think he's the second best player of all time. I think Root's number one. Uh, but again, I could be convinced otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're willing to be convinced. Listen, it took me, um, it took me a really long time to fess up to Barry Bonds being the best player that I've ever seen. I never wanted to give him that credit. Um, but he is. I mean, he is, and he always was. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, and I knew that deep down. I, I don't feel like that about Tom Brady. I wa- I've watched Tom Brady play throughout his entire career. You know, I'm old enough to remember the first Super Bowl that, that they won. I don't know. I just, uh, for me, jury's, the jury's not out. For me, it's like New England fans are too quick to jump down the, the rabbit hole of, oh, it was all Brady on the success. Look, they took a flyer out in a weird cap year on Cam Newton. He ended up being an absolute disaster. He won't even be with the team next year in all likelihood. It's let's see what Belichick does with some playmakers on offense that I'm sure they have cap room for. 
the defense will be the defense because that's the Patriot way in, in, in all reality. And we'll see what they do at the quarterback position. I think the testament to Brady, and this is just from my bias Patriots um, belief, right? Because you mentioned Patriots fans, and, I, and I'm one of those guys, but I try to think I'm not one of the super, you know, annoying ones. But the uh, <laughs> you're not, you're not. No. My, uh, my my take on Brady is this: is that I never feel like Brady goes out. I'm not like, oh, he's gonna go out there and throw for 400 yards. No, I know what he is, right? Like I know what he's gonna do. Why I think Brady's the greatest biasly is because anytime the Patriots were losing and there was two minutes left, I was like, we're good. We got this. Yeah. 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 No, I, and I get that, but you know, it helps when you're down and there's two minutes in the game and you're not down by 20 because your defense is ranked right. one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that, that's my take and that's my feeling on it. And it's like a lot of guys could lead those comebacks if it was like a one score game as opposed to a three score game, like Breeze and Rogers are accustomed to in particular. Yeah, it'd be it'd be an interesting statistic to pull up is because because I think Brady has the bet the most fourth quarter drives or whatever for but I'm curious what percentage again it, it's such a convoluted statistic but to figure out what the score was in those fourth quarter drives versus what other quarterbacks have for fourth quarter drives with certain scores and like you could say oh well Tom Brady has you know led a comeback drive 77 percent of the time that he's had the opportunity. You know, like, all right. Well, how many opportunities has he had? You know, you're like, oh, 51. Oh, that's pretty good. What about yeah. Drew Brees? You're like, well, he's at 63, but he's only had four. Because to right. your statement, maybe he was down 20 most of those times. Right. You know, and so that's a curious statistic. That I mean, it's so um, detailed that it'd be hard to find that exact statistic. Yeah. Well, you know, I scour the depths of the earth to look at any statistics uh, in this debate. So maybe, maybe I'll be able to come up with something. I use a lot of Reddit data and start building off that. It's uh, time consuming, but I enjoy it. Like I enjoy these conversations. I enjoy, you know, having these. I wish, I wish you'd bring me on the show to discuss college football and especially the draft with Sully. Cause I know you have those episodes and I'm a big college football guy. You probably didn't realize that always have. Okay. Ben, and I got some hot draft takes and I know Sully does too. So I, I may actually do that then because uh, I don't know as much about college football as he does. He's our draft expert, you know? So yeah. uh, sometimes he'll say a guy's name and I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Especially like once the combine gets going and stuff like that. I mean, well, no yeah. combine this year. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, good. As we get, that means there's no chance anybody will get hurt at the combine. So then we can, you know, jump on the show. You, me, Sully, we'll go over some, maybe some mock drafting, things like that. I'm all for it, man. I love these conversations. You got a great thing going here. Thank you. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I will definitely set that up then, and because uh, I am interested to hear somebody who knows more about college football than I do discuss <laughs> with him and disagree with him in particular. I love when people disagree with him. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm super biased with college football too because I hate anything Michigan or Ohio State. I'm a Penn State guy, and I'm not ashamed of it. You know, put the Sandusky stuff aside; it is what it is. You know what I mean? But like, I'm not ashamed of being a Penn State guy. Love Penn State and hate Ohio State and Michigan in particular. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Well, again, thank you, thank you, everybody, for sticking around and for watching the show. It's been a lot of fun. I loved having Nick on and uh, discussing this, which I know we both uh, feel the way that we do. And obviously, I, I think I am a little bit biased as a Patriots fan, but I try to take my bias out of it. But just like I think maybe when you're with your kids, you just can't, you know, and Patriots have kind of been my kids for uh, a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I get it. I get it. I won't fault you for it, Wayne. <laughs> all, right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, hey, Kenny Smith, what do we got going on, man? 